I wanted to try to put something together which started with uh, a, quite a fragile, exposed acoustic guitar. They weren't accepted very well at first. They were criticized. Mm -hmm. Critics didn't get it. Because mm -hmm. this was kind of something new. It had that folky, medieval feeling, but hard rock, mm -hmm. but edgy, almost heavy metalish to come. All kind of the harbinger of heavy metal music. Almost, yeah. You're listening to The Sill Podcast. Perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 80, Transcendent Tunes, Led Zeppelin's Celestial Climb. And a new day will dawn for those who stand long, and the forest will echo with laughter. Fall 1971, starting university, right? That's right. This song hits the airwaves. Oh, yeah. And the song yeah. is? Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. released the 8th of November, 1971. And I have to say, all through my university years, and maybe yours as well, mm -hmm. uh, that tune was really a milestone tune because it typically ended every single university dance event that was put on. Well, we weren't doing too much dancing because I was in an architectural course that had uh, 122 males and four females. <laughs> so we were dancing with the guys. You were dancing with your blueprints. Yeah, I got to know my male friends really well with that song. <laughs> and you'd grab the female that well, you were that. kind of uh, hot about mm. and you'd say, let's do this dance. And it was a slow dance. Mm. Even with the ripping solo that happens near the end by Jimmy Page, mm -hmm. it was a slow dance and it was beautiful and romantic and incredible. Well, for me, it was the layering of the song. I can't say I was a song that I was fondly dancing to. I was into other music at the time. However, uh, that song, I do recall it coming out and stepping back from my friends at the time because it caught my interest so intensely mm -hmm. that I needed to step back and listen. I, in fact... When I heard it, I had to go find that song because I couldn't, in the midst of what I was doing on the radio, really catch all the elements. Yeah. And I was totally engrossed with the layering of that song and the change in tempo and the quality of it. Because it gradually increases in tempo mm -hmm. from the beginning, medieval folk strains mm -hmm. of the acoustic guitar idea right through to this incredibly frantic racing solo. It's not only changing in speed, it's changing in intensity. Mm -hmm. That's right. With that That's right. famous drum roll that uh, John Bonham comes in with. Yeah. Now, now, let's just backtrack a bit. Let's talk about the context in which this band, before this song, right. comes into being. They come together in 1969 at the end of the reign of the Beatles, right? right? They actually formed in the fall of 68. 68, right. They came together as a result of the Yardbirds disintegrating. Yeah, and who played in the Yardbirds through Jimmy the years? Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. Incredible musicians mm -hmm. coming through that band. And if you listen to some of the old Yardbirds tunes, some of the later tunes, mm -hmm. you start to see the Led Zeppelin sound mm -hmm. actually in the old, well, it was called the New Yardbirds the at a certain point. Well, that's what he wanted to call it when he broke away. Yeah. And that was Jimmy Page. Right. And uh, he got together with Robert Plant, 
right. from the Midlands of England and Robert Plant's buddy, John Bonham, the drummer. It was uh, Robert Plant who suggested... John Bonham, John Bonham as their drummer, who's considered mm-hmm. one of the greatest rock drummers of all time, if not the greatest. Mm-hmm. And then uh, John Paul Jones. Who used to be a session musician with Jimmy Page. That's right. In the early days, he calls him up saying, you know, hey, I'm available. Do you need a bass mm-hmm. uh, guitar? Keyboardist. And a keyboardist. I do both. And so they mm-hmm. came together and the four of them, magic happens yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. And they produce eight studio albums in 11 years. With their first album release in January of 1969. Yeah. And I remember being a Beatles fanatic as we were in the 60s. If you were a teenager in the 60s, you were a Beatles fanatic. There was no way around it, right? If not a fanatic on some level. Yeah. And so for me and for many other people, that sound that came out of Led Zeppelin Mm -hmm. was kind of jarring and sharp and strange and dangerous almost in a way compared to the more safe sound of the Beatles and the Stones who had traditional rock and roll going on and blues. Although at the very end of the Beatles cycle, they had Helter Skelter, they had a a few tunes that were kind of transitioning in that direction. That's true. We'll give them that. But Zeppelin took the blues, which inspired many British bands, Stones especially, and really twisted the blues in a different kind of way Mm -hmm. than these other bands did. And John Paul Jones and Robert Plant were heavy lovers of soul and R&B. That's right. And they also love Joni Mitchell, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other interesting thing is that went into the sound of Led Zeppelin was that John Bonham was essentially a jazz drummer. He brought a jazz drumming awareness and technique. to the band and technique. Whereas most rock drummers would sync up with the bass player, he would tend to sync up with Jimmy Page on lead guitar. So as Jimmy Page is going da-da-da-da-da, wah-wah-wah-wah, he's going ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba in sync with the guitarist. In fact, Jimmy Page on the song Stairway to Heaven, Mm -hmm. it was his recommendation for Bonham to come in later into the song. That's right. He doesn't come in until fourth verse or something Mm -hmm. where he says, uh, there is a bustle in the hedgerow. Don't be alarmed now. But he really brings it in. Yeah. And the song changes. That's where the big change happens. Seriously, it moved me. It still moves me. Yeah. If I have a quiet moment, I will put that song on and just listen to it. There's this power behind it. Yep. There's this kind of softness and power at the same time. Well, that's the magic of that band, because you had these very a heavy drummer, heavy on the bass drum, mm-hmm. Bonham, Bonzo, as they called him. Yep. And you had Jimmy Page, who was very heavy on the electric guitar as well. But he could be light and melodic with acoustic sounds, too. He could, but that heaviness mm-hmm. in the more powerful moments, as you say, was balanced by that ethereal, angelic voice of Robert Plant, Robert Plant right? Yeah. Underpinned by the solid session guy, John Paul Jones, on mm-hmm. bass and keyboard, doing very subtle things, actually, right. in many of these songs. Even though I'm a big R&B soul fan, Robert Plant, for me, remains the number one rock singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just loved his style. And, you know, when you hear them interviewed to this day, and they were attributed uh, at the Kennedy Center a mm-hmm. few years ago, a fantastic oh. <laughs> stairway to heaven at the end of it. Unbelievable. Done with uh, the members of Heart. the band Heart. 
with the choirs behind. It was just a stunning. Actually, if you watch them as they're watching this performance, Robert Plant's almost in tears. He's got a tear happening. Yeah, yeah he's just yeah. on that edge, right? But they weren't accepted very well at first. They were criticized. Mm-hmm. Critics didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Because this was kind of something new. It had that folky, medieval feeling, but hard rock, mm-hmm. but edgy, almost heavy metalish to come. All kind of the harbinger of heavy metal music. Almost, yeah. Pointing mm-hmm. in that direction, I'm sure bands like Rush, our Canadian band, mm-hmm. really took from them. Think of Geddy Lee and his voice, right. that high-pitched voice. That's like Robert Plant, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about Not Like. We did that uh, Transcendent Tunes on Bob Dylan, same idea. Yeah, people didn't get it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't accept it. Something new. Yeah, but Zeppelin just kept putting out albums. They put out four albums in the first two years of their three years of their releases. Mm-hmm. And it was the fourth album where Stairway to Heaven shows up. Mm-hmm. And there's no cover. No name on the album, no Led Zeppelin name, nothing mm-hmm. except a picture of an old guy with a bundle of wheat sheaf on his back, as mm-hmm. apparently from a tarot card. And inside that fourth album, there are these four symbols, Mm -hmm. and each of the band members chose a symbol to be theirs. Apparently, they were into kind of occult symbolism, sort of Aleister Crowley. The house that Jimmy Page bought. Yeah, who was a magician in the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. Not our kind of uh, abracadabra magicians, but a real esoteric, dark artist, if you like. Well, speaking of abracadabra, the way they dressed on stage in the early years. Sure. Hey, Robert Plant is showing that uh, chest of his and and that lean body and that long blonde hair. He was like an Adonis up there. I'm Mm -hmm. sure the women were just going nuts. And crazy clothes that Jimmy Page and the rest of them were wearing. <laughs> Very magician-like. They pretty much owned uh, the early 70s. They're considered the top band of the 1971 to 1975 period, Yeah, including the likes of the Rolling Stones and many other bands that were going quite strong at the time. But they were considered kind of the elite for that period. Well, apparently by the statistics, they sold between two and 300 million mm-hmm. copies of their albums. And that fourth album, which is generally called Zeppelin IV, mm-hmm. was the third highest selling album of all time, all time. in the US. Mm-hmm. So from a band that really started something new and was not really understood and criticized, they very quickly got a following that has Carried on growing mm-hmm. in numbers. And we're talking about Stairway to Heaven. There were those two big hits before that in 69 and 70. 69, of course, is Whole Lot of Love. Got a whole lot of love. That song <laughs> still carries a lot of weight. An incredible song. And, of course, Kashmir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Very Arabic uh, Eastern influences in that song. And there's one other song which they did, which doesn't get as much notoriety, but I love, is The Immigrant Song. It has a very <laughs> Viking-like sound to it. Uh-huh. Okay. Black Dog Mm -hmm. was a big one. That was on the fourth album, as Mm -hmm. a matter of fact. It was. Whole Lot of Love, Black Dog, Kashmir, and Immigrant Song in that order.
they actually disbanded in 1980 yeah. after the death of their drummer, John Bonham, who passed away after a night of debauchery and drinking mm -hmm. at Headley Grange, as a matter of fact, upstairs, where these guys had basically recorded and developed mm -hmm. a lot of their tunes and melodies. Apparently, they just hopped into bed, put him on his side, and uh, he asphyxiated on his own vomit. In, through the evening, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a terrible tragedy. And when asked why they felt that they couldn't carry on, because most bands can find another drummer. Yeah. They just felt that they were so deeply connected to each other musically that they just yeah. couldn't do it which is really amazing because these are incredible mm -hmm. musicians. You think mm -hmm. they could adapt and go forward. Mm -hmm. The unity of the band was a big, big part of their success, much like the Beatles. Once you took one out, it's not that they didn't have the individual talent, but they yep. worked as a cohesive unit. Box, box. So what's your story? Well, it was one of those moments that you can't really account for with words. You know how sort of limiting words are sometimes. You, I mean, there aren't enough words, and the English language is a pretty versatile language to express yourself. But um, sometimes in the middle of it all, the moods of composure are remarkable things, and they flow into yourself. And the thing is, if you're that involved with another character, another, another human like Jimmy and I have been in writing, sometimes the same mood can flow through you immediately at the same time, exactly the same time. When that happens, that is the peak point for creation, you know, the powers of creating as far as beauty goes and, you know, <clears throat> and long-lasting because those are the most positive moods, you know. And one night we were sitting there when other members of the entourage had gone off to soothe their savage breasts, you know, or somebody else's savage breasts, I'm not quite... Mm. And, uh, Goodness. and we mm. sat around the fire and, and we were talking for a long, long time about uh, balance if you like, you know, getting on, people getting on well together. And Jimmy started playing the beginnings of the sequence, Stairway to Heaven, and I, the first two or three lines came immediately, you know. Box, box. They all did continue. Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and... Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page did continue. And Jimmy Page and Plant, I believe, are still playing. Yeah, they've done some duo concerts together. Mm -hmm. And one of the more famous concerts they did was where they brought uh, John Paul Jones back in mm -hmm. and the son of drummer John Bonham, Jason, Jason. Bonham, who played at the Kennedy Tribute. Mm -hmm. And uh, But they played together in 2007 at the O2 in England. And in he's London. a great drummer too, Jason. Oh, he's incredible. Mm -hmm. And they won a Grammy for that mm -hmm. soundtrack. We should really talk about the lyrics, mm -hmm. because when you hear the lyrics, when I first heard the lyrics, I didn't really understand them very much. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. What does he mean by that? When she gets there, she knows if the stores are all closed, with a word, she can get what she came for. Yep. Robert Plant himself will tell you from day to day, depending on which day you ask him, yep. will give you a different reasoning behind his lyrics. <laughs> right. And he even says it in the song. Mm -hmm. But she wants to be sure because, you know, sometimes words have two meanings. Mm -hmm. So even there he's saying, you can never know they could have this meaning or that meaning. Generally speaking, Paige did the music 
and yep. plant the lyrics. That's right. There was crossover, but generally speaking, that's how things were divided. Here's an interesting little side bit that you may not know. In this home that Jimmy Page lives in, the one you alluded to in the beginning, mm-hmm. he will not play an electric guitar in that house. We're talking the Tower House now, tower which house. is his current residence. Right, of- he will not play an electric guitar in that house. That's right, out of respect for the fragility of these decorations, let's say. To the extent he even suggests the sound waves may affect the foundation of the building. Right, right. Well, it's a protected house because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. historic in that mm-hmm. way. It's a medieval a structure that's been built in a 13th century style. It's fascinating. Right, but it was actually built in the 1870s. Yeah. So Jimmy Page is interesting in that way because I talked about Aleister Crowley earlier and their fascination with the occult. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy Page ended up buying Aleister Crowley's house right. and living in his house for a number of years mm-hmm. and talking about strange things in that house, <laughs> goings on in that house. Mm-hmm. So what are these words about? What is this song about? Even though Robert Plant says he's not really sure, the lyrics do talk about things like someone trying to buy a stairway to heaven, which equates to buying happiness. Well, he was talking about a woman buying what she wanted. Yeah. Money can't buy me love. It's a Beatles Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, he's talking about the piper and the calling and the sounds that are calling you and the forest echoing with laughter. Mm -hmm. So he is saying, in a way, all this stuff about money and acquisitions, it's all bullshit. The natural world is where it's at. This mm-hmm. is where you get connection, where all is one and one is all. That's mm-hmm. another line from the song. Well, and the song, again, probably one of the reasons why I didn't really analyze the lyrics too much when I first heard it. The lyrics, the sound of it was all quite mystical. Yeah. It had a very kind of spiritual and yet intense feel to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so those lyrics kind of made sense if you were thinking in those terms. Yeah. He says, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. This is all very medieval imagery. Metaphors. The May Queen, the Queen of Spring, like the Maypole mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that's in there. It's in their system as Brits, British mm-hmm. musicians. They have this background there's of the bard. Theatrical flair. Yeah, theatricality, folk history yeah, yeah. in their blood. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in this song at the very beginning, especially with the recorder sound Yes, over top of the guitar. That was actually not an actual recorder. It was a synthesized recorder mm-hmm. that John Paul Jones was playing. Yeah, keyboard. You know, keyboard recorder sound, mm-hmm. but sounds like the real thing. Mm-hmm. That gives way to the drum and the hedgerow. Mm-hmm. And then there's this bridge. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Which then leads into uh, Jimmy going crazy on this guitar solo, yeah. which Guitar World says is the best guitar solo ever created. These are opinions, right? The opinions, yeah. Well, we definitely have to include them among the top ones, regardless oh, yeah. of your feelings. Sure. Yeah. And it's just beautiful, brilliant stuff.
and builds, builds, builds to the last sequence of uh, I'm gonna walk on down the road. Now you're in this driving forward march mm-hmm. into the future. Mm-hmm. Walk on down the road. Mm-hmm. So it starts with this very soft, ethereal thing. And now it's become this on the ground, moving, driving force, mm-hmm. symphonic. And you've uh, also gone from medieval to modern day electric guitar, rock and roll, bluesy, hard rock, almost heavy metal style composition. Yes, absolutely. They've kind of encompassed the history of music almost in one song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also feel about the song that it's very much a um, a song that's been kind of sculpted. It's a feeling of sculpture because there's a weightiness to it as Mm -hmm. a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Where if you look at a sculpture where there's a lot of the material has been carved away to create a kind of a lacy feel, maybe that's the beginning of the song. Right. But then you move into the center of the sculpture, and now the weight of it starts to become apparent. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, it's this this incredible moving force of energy yep. and being and light and power, ending with this ethereal, angelic voice. I love that close. Leading you off into that beautiful Mm. nether region. And actually, what I enjoy is listening to them now that they're in their 70s. Jimmy Page is the oldest of the four. Yep. I believe he was born in January of 44. So he just turned 75. Mm -hmm. And the others are a couple of years younger. Um, Yeah. But listening to them speak about it now to me is really interesting. Yeah. And they lived fully. They were known as a very debauched kind of group in the mid to late 70s. Smashed a couple of guitars. Uh, Hotel rooms. Apparently, one of them invited the hotel owner up to the room and said, why don't you throw that TV out the window and see how it feels? It feels pretty good. (laughs) And apparently he did. Well, they were were banned from the Hilton in Japan. Those are the stories, part of that whole uh, youthful uh, evolvement. Yeah. And it's wonderful to hear them talk. They're obviously a little bit more sensible now, but uh, still, it was an interesting time in music history. Yeah. And they really bridged beautifully. Like you said in the beginning, the Beatles are exiting and they're coming in almost seamlessly. Yeah. It's like the perfect baton pass. Yeah, absolutely. And that song, Stairway to Heaven, it's not easy to cover that song. No. And even this, this is just our view of it. Yeah, but people have tried. Mm -hmm. And I want to connect two things here, because they were accused of being kind of in league with Satan by a lot of Christian Mm -hmm. zealots Mm -hmm. who said, oh, just play the lyrics backwards and it's all satanic and all this (laughs) shit. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And then Dolly Parton records a a version of it, but adds a few lyrics here and there, which kind of Christianizes the whole thing. So heaven, you're a stairway to heaven, right? It's a Christian thing. She turns into a Christian song. (laughs) It's hilarious, actually. It's kind of ironic. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think they would cringe if they heard it, frankly. Mm -hmm. And then all these garage bands are playing it. But that also speaks to its flexibility, to its range. Mm -hmm. You can take that song and go to two opposite extremes and still come up with a very enjoyable finished product. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, that enjoyable finished product was brought to trial. Right. Uh, agents of the band Taurus sued, yeah, Jimmy and gang for plagiarizing one of their tunes and turning it into the beginning of Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything came of the suit. No. And I've listened to the two versions, Taurus and theirs, and I really don't see 
that it's plagiarism at all, frankly, mm-hmm. but people have their views. Nuance. Yeah. Look, at every song is built upon the backs of every other song exactly. that has been created. Mm-hmm. There's only so many notes in the scale, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So here I am defending Zeppelin so It's actually court. amazing given the number of songs that there isn't more of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what else can we say about this tune, this epic transcendent tune? Well, for me, the song is, apart from what we've described, it's really how it affected people's lives mm-hmm. and how people connect a good part of their lives to the song. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was a great bridging song as well. They opened up another window for experimentation. That's true. That's true. And really, that song was a staple right through the 70s. Mm-hmm. It came out in 71. Mm-hmm. But you heard that song every day on the radio, at dances, all kinds of events. That song would happen mm-hmm. right through the 70s. I think it also encouraged a lot of uh, studio work. Despite all the live appearances, some of their best work came out of studio Oh, production. yeah, absolutely. I mean, the early days was most all studio mm-hmm. stuff. I think Sunset mm-hmm. Records was one of their mm-hmm. uh, studios as well. But it was the later years in the 70s where they did more touring mm-hmm. and performance work and got the reputation for debauchery and hotels yeah. and all that stuff. Right. That was on the road, mm-hmm. right? Once again, we're at the end. We got to transcend this challenge to end the podcast. Screech into our comments section. Do your best, Robert Plant. Go to thesillpodcast.com. Drop a comment. There's a button you can press and leave a live message. We'd love to hear your voice, too. In fact, we might even use it for a future podcast. Yes, we want to hear from you. I'll see you on the flip side. Ciao, Harry. Ciao. The Sill Podcast. Perspectives on Art and Technology is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com.